One of the main ingredients in our product line, Saffron, has been proven over and over again in clinical double-blind placebo trials to be an effective form of treatment for depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Saffron has been used by many cultures for thousands of years for these purposes, and now the research is here to finally back it up, proving that plant medicines and ancient healing practices can actually be an effective alternative to pharmaceuticals. From caffeine-free latte powders to saffron baths and capsules, there's something for any modern woman looking for ancient healing. Again, that's code the fullest podcast at checkout for 15% off. I hope you enjoy your new daily saffron ritual. Hi everyone, welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick, and I'm so excited to connect with and introduce you to Molly Englehart. I've been such a big fan of hers for so long. Molly, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Molly is the executive chef and owner of Sage Plant-Based Bistro and Brewery in Los Angeles. She's the owner and operator of two regenerative farms, Soa Heart in Ventura County and Sewing Sovereignty Ranch in Hill Country, Texas. And her mission is to bring healthy food from healthy soil to her communities. Not only does she do all of this, she's also a mother of five children and a wife, a film producer, a poet, and a thought leader, examining the connections of humanity, family, soil, food, and culture, constantly questioning where do we go from here? Hi, Molly. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited Sarah connected us because um, I just have been, I just love your family so much and your dad and um, Terracy means so much to me. I've spent an extensive amount of time with them and connected with Ryland and Sarah and even Carrie and um, and Amber. And I just, yeah, I'm just so excited to connect with you because every time I meet them. Uh, Matthew is always like, you need to talk to Molly. You and Molly have so much to talk about. And um, finally, when Sarah um, texted me, I was like, yes, I can't wait because I love what you're doing. Um, And I'm so curious, like, you know, there's the family business, but you started your own restaurant. Like, let's start there. Why do your own thing? I'm not good at being a follower. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of I've always felt very passionate to be able to like do what I feel. And I feel like I've been led by God for most of my life. And I feel blessed to have that guttural connection of knowing like what to do and how to move. And if I'm doing something with somebody else, often I'm then ignoring my guttural instincts because it's like we're making choices by committee. And um, I, my, Ryland always says I'm a benevolent dictator, but I'm not a benevolent dictator, but I do feel very grounded in my ability to make choices about knowing what's next and, okay, take the next step, take the next step. And then also grounded in my ability to be afraid and still move forward. And mm-hmm. I feel like being in another organization, I'm having to like move with everybody else's fears and anxieties and and their guttural um, instincts and choices. And so I chose to go on my own because I do feel powerful that 
I want to trust my um, intuition. And I, I couldn't do that inside of an organization where we were by committee. Yeah, I love that. I agree. And um, I feel the same. So you have a really cool upbringing, um, or so I've heard. I want to hear a little bit about, you know, you grew up, I think, um, outside New York City, right, on a farm. In upstate New York, uh, not really, yeah. like four and a half hours from New York City, so pretty far away. Um, I grew up on a farm. My mom made dresses and sold them at the farmer's market. My dad uh, was a carpenter, and I had four parents because my mom and her identical twin married my dad and his brother. So we had four, you know, identical twins or biological. No yeah. So wow. I, I had two mothers and two fathers because brothers married sisters. Um, I, I really only have one father. Uh, my uncle Scott is not quite a father figure, but he's a little bit. But I do kind of have two mothers because I uh, my kids call Grandma Jean and Grandma Ginia because they're twins. And genetically they're the same. And sometimes me and my cousin would go out when we were younger and we'd be like, okay, so genetically we're siblings, but in reality we're cousins. Can you guess how that could happen at bars and stuff when we were younger, but nobody could figure it out. Um, so, but anyways, so yeah, we had a really unique um, upbringing in that way. Uh, and we grew up on a farm and I, I thank God for that. Thank God for the ability i think my parents for that as well to like grow up in the dirt in the soil in nature picking apples off the tree picking berries off the ground um that i got to feed the microbiome of my um, immune system from a young age yeah so you grew up obviously in such a beautiful setting and um i'm curious like how long were you on the farm and like, did you move to San Francisco after when your dad? Moved? I was already in California when my parents moved to San Francisco. So I lived um, in Ithaca or Danby um, on that farm from, it was like 27 acres. And I lived there from, it was a small apple farm. And then my parents put their clothing company on it. And then the barn became the factory for my mom's clothing line. But um I was there from five years old until, um, you know, I went to college when I was 17 to CalArts. Wow. And so I was already had moved to California for, I was the first one to move to California. What was it like leaving that setting and going to college? I'm curious, like, are you going to send your kids to college? <laughs> if they no. I mean, if they want to go to college, I, I mean, I guess, but I don't know that I want to pay for it. Like, I, it was a gross misuse of resources. I yeah. think, I mean, unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, or I think that trade schools are probably good. Like, I would love my kids to learn like diesel. Like, this is what I wish I had learned: diesel mechanics, plumbing, electrical, uh, construction. I mean, I think that those are the things that are like mechanics, these trade type of things are going to be valuable no matter what the world looks like. And mm -hmm. sure, like if you're a lawyer, like AI is going to be able to write your contracts here in the next week. I but know. everybody thought it was the blue collar jobs that were going to go away to AI right away. But I don't, I don't think so. I mean, eventually probably, but right now when I'm looking, okay, if there's a COVID or there's a 
explosion, there's a war, there's a whatever, people are going to shit, shower and shave. They're going to need to drive their cars. Like they're going to need their lights to turn on. So I think electrician, I think these are the things I wish I had learned. Like I went to film school, like great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, okay. So I, I want my, and growing food, you know, I, I want my kids to know how to do things and they already do. They know how to save seeds. They know how to make clones. They know how to milk a cow. They know how to milk a goat. Did you know all that before? Like, did you do that on your farm? Or Yeah. I, I say I'm the last generation of women that knows how to do everything. Like, mm -hmm. I know how to sew, cross-stitch, knit, crochet, bake bread, cook food. I, I mean, it's literally an atrocity how little we know. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you see these people, these man on the street interviews, and I'm just like this, like, are, are we, are we really like, this is what, but it's like, people don't need to know anything because they all walk around with something in their pocket that knows everything. So why no? Who cares? I can Google what the, what is the, I mean, it's like, what is the capital of the United States? People are like, uh, the United States. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. No. I, I, I'm the last generation, I'm 45, that knows how to do sewing and crocheting and cooking and gardening and all these things. And I want my kids to know those things. I want those things to be valuable in our lives because I don't, I don't think there is anything more valuable than being able to grow food. Sure, you can do some stuff, make a bunch of reels on TikTok and get paid and buy food, but if there's a solar flare and there's no more internet, like, well, then what are you gonna do? I mean, how many people would just die? Like right now, if we just turn the power off in Los Angeles, turn the power off, how many people would die within a short period of time? Uh, yeah, everyone, basically, unless they're living on a, so a heart farm. And I mean, if you don't have, if you don't, if we took, if all ATMs were turned off, the whole power grid was turned off, I mean, we are so apathetic as a society. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. I can't believe it. But anyway, so yes, I grew up knowing how to do those things. And I'm hoping that my kids will grow up to know how to do those things as well. At what point? So you you then, um, you finish school. Do you start Sage right away? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was in the hip hop industry for several years. And then I went through the whole, I've been through the crash of many industries. I was in the crash of the music industry. And then I became... Then I was a poet for a good, I was on HBO Deaf Poetry and all of that. But so I had a hip hop recording studio. I worked as in Urban A&R as an assistant. And then I had a recording studio. And then the, in, the music industry imploded with the downloading of music and Pro Tools and all these things that made it very different and changed the industry. And then I was a traveling poet, traveled around the world doing poetry. Then I was a marijuana grower that I was went through the implosion of the the great 2008 implosion of the pot industry where everybody was losing their homes. So they were all trying to grow pot to save their homes and they just destroyed the price point. And then it and then all the big corporations got into growing marijuana and it really uh, ruined the game there. And then so I was went through the crash of the music industry, the crash of the marijuana industry, and then my brother-in-law from my first marriage went to prison and I was like, I'm not going to prison. So I was like, <laughs> I started an ice cream shop. Um, and then- oh, the Kind cream. Yeah, kind cream. My and favorite. 
Kide Cream led to Sage, which led to Soa Heart Farm, which led to my family, or well, Sage led to my family. And so that's how you kind of get to where we are today. And then, so you started the farm in California and um, obviously I'm sure COVID inspired you to uh, start something in Texas. Like, what are your plans? Are you um, still working on like developing it? Yeah, we're still raising the money right now. Um, we're building already, but I um, we're raising $1.7 million to do the brewery and the hospitality and the event space and everything like that. And I jokingly say that it's like the best, um, it's the best plan B investment for people when I'm talking to people that are in this like-minded, I wouldn't say this is someone who's not like thinking about it, but lots of people want to have a farm and a plan B and all this stuff, but they don't necessarily have the resources, the energy, the time to do that right now. And so they might have a job that binds them to a city or whatever. Well, this is a doubly um, risk management investment because it's a multi-revenue stream investment. You've got the hospitality, you have the restaurant, you have the brewery, you have like retreats, you have, you know, short-term stays, long-term stays, um, corporate retreats, weddings, all these different revenue streams. But also what is a space with, you know, power sovereignty, water sovereignty, food sovereignty, and many places, if we have 30 tiny houses and additional, and then a bunch of other additional places for people to stay, that's a compound where, you know, many families could survive. So I always joke with people like, okay, you might not have the resources or the time to do this right now, but wouldn't you like to invest in a business that's going to pay you now? And if stuff falls apart, we're going to have the ability to distill medicine. We're going to have all like all these things that are part of an awesome business plan right now are also a pretty good plan B situation. Um, and so I think it's an epic investment. What? I didn't even think about like distilling medicine. Right, because we're gonna have the brewery and the distilling and then fermenting and fermenting is super important. So we're gonna have the kombucha wow. making and the vinegar making, like all these things that we're setting up and then having chickens and cows and sheep and fruit. We know we planted a thousand five hundred fruit trees and we have 10 greenhouses set up like all of this on one hand is a business for right now. And on the other hand, if the energy of the world changes and we have to divide into kind of two different communities, those that are down with the program and those that are not, it's also an awesome compound to stand our ground. I love that. Wow. That's so true. I love the idea of sharing a plan B for people who, because the reality is most people, not only are they tied down, but they don't necessarily want to take the next step unless they have to, like you're saying. And so, I mean, so much, I actually get frustrated because people reach out to me on Instagram and on, you know, different places. And they always say, well, you know where I'm going to show up. And I'm like, you know, yeah, better not no. show up unless you're going to put resources in right now to make yeah. it happen. Like everybody's like, oh, well, when the shit hits the fan, I know where to come for the food. Like, please believe I have yeah. many guns and I will yeah. be protecting my food. <laughs> like, no, like either, either you're, you're preparing with me and we're making a plan together or please don't show up. <laughs> yeah, because there's not going to be enough for you because you didn't invest in the opportunity when 
it was necessary. You're, I mean, you're taking all the risk right now. I'm no, I am. And that's why I think this is actually an awesome thing. Cause I think it's a solid business plan. I think the destination brewery is doing really well events and, and everything in Hill country is doing awesome. Um, um, you know, Texas did not have any economic downturn because they didn't choose to implement crazy policies that were not in the favor of the small business. And when we say like small business, we're also saying the family, we're saying the independent thinker, we're saying the entrepreneur, and those people are no longer at the legislative table in California. I mean, look at me, I'm a vegan chef, organic farmer, mother, you know, if you look me up in the dictionary, I should be like what California wants. Yeah. But I'm not. Are there I, any I, opportunities for grants for what you're doing? I don't. I mean, yeah, there's some probably, but. It's so much work to like even try and. I mean, no, I've gotten that. some grants in the past. It's just, I, I want to move away from depending on the government. I yeah. want I want to move away from that model. I, I want resilience. I want to, I want resilience in our community. I want to build resilient community. That's what I'm committed to. That's so beautiful. So right now, are you, are you always going to keep so heart? No. So hearts for sale. Wow. Are you going to move? Uh, are you yeah. moving? Oh my I gosh. Am. You're fully moving and you're going to be in it while you're building it and all that. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I mean, me and my husband are putting all of our resources into it too. Like we're investing heavily as well. And, um, we can't, uh, it's just economically a lot to maintain these two things. And our restaurants yeah. are not, our restaurants got hit very, very hard by, um, I want to make the distinction. People say, oh, well, COVID. Well, no, it was not COVID that hurt my restaurants. COVID has no power to hurt a restaurant. It's like not, that's not a thing. It was the policies implemented by fear that hurt the restaurant. And I, I think it is an important dis distinction to make because when we say COVID did this, then there's nobody that's at fault. Nobody's at responsible, nobody to be held wow. accountable. But there was people that need to be held accountable that shamed, belittled, badgered, and forced um, these policies that really impacted small businesses, small brick and mortar businesses um, in California. Hey everyone, I am so excited to share with you a company that I've admired for so long called Shepherd's Dream. They've been devoted to making the highest quality all natural bedding on earth made from eco wool, organic cotton and responsibly sourced latex. The reason I love their heirloom quality mattresses so much is because not only are they free of anything harmful, chemical or synthetic, but they actually offer all wool, 100% wool mattresses that don't have any springs in them. And from some of my interviews in the past, I've actually learned that some of these springs can be conducting energy along with different telephone poles, wires, cell phone towers, things like that. So if you really want the most restful sleep that also is not conducting any energy in terms of EMFs, this is the mattress to go for, to have for your family so that you're wrapped in pure, safe, healthy, luxurious comfort that's gonna last for years. Discover the practical magic of mattresses and bedding that honor you and the earth. For 10% off your Shepherd's Dream order, use code THEFULLEST at checkout.
I mean, you're bringing this age concept in, in a way because of the brewery and stuff to Hill Country, but you're not going to necessarily bring sage. You're selling sage too? I'm not selling sage. We have, we're shifting part of the concept to be more of like a, like the Culver City location. We made it into a cloud kitchen. We're doing the same with the Agora mm-hmm. Hills location because we just can't maintain these four or 5,000 square foot restaurants in this current um, day and age. Cloud kitchens are such a smart business idea. I know, but they suck as like no community, no no connection, employing less people as a business. Yes. But this is all the ways that we are trading resilience for convenience. And I always talk about this, like we have to start looking at the true cost of stuff and and not trading our resilience for community for uh, convenience. What about your kids? Like, how old are they? So I adopted a son from Guatemala. That's Osmar. He's 21. And then I have an eight-year-old and I have a uh, six-year-old and a three-year-old and a four-month-old. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea you just had a baby. How have a, have a baby. I'm breastfeeding. I mean, my husband's holding the baby right now so we can do this, but yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Congratulations. Wow. So you have five and as young as four months old. And when are you guys planning on moving over to um, Hill Country full time? The end of this year, early next year, my husband promised by Christmas we would be there, but I don't know. We'll see. Wow. And how can... to Texas. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I guess we're having Christmas in Texas. How can um, our community support your efforts in building, you know, what you are in Hill Country? And is it an, you know, some people might listen to this and maybe they're interested in investing. Other people might want to come visit. Um, but there's plenty to- of ways to, um, if you're in LA, um, you could support by buying the CSA boxes or eating at Sage. Both of those things are supporting our efforts. And then um, we're doing two big events around the eclipse um, in Texas. So we are in the path of totality of two eclipses. So the eclipse going this way and the eclipse going this way. So October and then April. So we're having, um, it's going to be like Alex Zach and Kelly Brogan and all these different, um, you know, Ivory, the woman who quit on the air from, uh, Fox and like all these different um, people are going to speak. And then we're going to have Kirtan. We're going to have um, like fire sing-alongs. We're going to have, um, we're going to, you know, all different things. We're going to have raw milk right out of the cow coffee morning. We're going to all different fun things on the farm. Um, so that's going to be, it's uh, called Confluence and it's on the uh, Sovereignty Ranch website. It's also on my Instagram and you can use Englehart 10 to get a discount if you want to get tickets. So it's going to be glamping. There's glamping, regenerative food. It's going to be force of nature, Oatman's Flat, Soa Heart, wow. um, Ranch, and, uh, and uh, Zanzenberg Farms. So all the food is going to be from regenerative farms, three days, camping, eclipse, a bunch of health freedom and crypto and different kind of um, speakers. Um, and the tickets are like four are four hundred dollars plus camping options, and or you can stay at a hotel and just drive in for the day. And then there's going to be food options you can purchase. Um, and we're going to have three meals a day, all regenerative. Um, but wow. me and my husband. Wait, is this? Um, it's kid friendly. 
yes, there's kid tickets and there's going to be kid programming. We're going to do some seed saving um, for the kids. We're going to do some playing, like going down to the river and playing. And um, there's going to be different things. We're going to have a trampoline with a sprinkler for the kids and different um, kids activities. And we hired two people to, but you can't just like abandon your kids and let them (laughs) debate. Like it has to, but there's going to be kid programming um, as well. And um, we're going to have a kid area that's going to have a bunch of arts and crafts so that, you know, they can come and do stuff. And there's going to be two people overseeing that. That makes sense. So like, yeah, bring um, a parent to help you bring a nanny, bring someone. Watch yeah, the and there's going to be some things where you can leave them, but we're not we're not providing daycare for eight hours or anything. As well. Yeah, no, there is it- programming for the kids and I was joking, like my nanny's going to just be there with like 25 kids. I told yeah. her everybody's going to leave their kids with you. And she was like, <laughs> I know. I was just thinking my nanny would be into this. So what time, I mean, not what time, when is it? It's in October, you said? October 13th through the 16th. That is crazy. I'm already planning. I literally was just going to plan a trip to Hill Country in October well, because I'm supposed to go see, um, Vander Kimberly, I think. So, I mean, oh, yeah, I just talked to her. I was trying to get her to come and speak at the event, but they're doing a bunch of stuff that weekend. It's a birthday party for one of her kids and all okay. this stuff. So she said, Well, why don't I participate in, in April, but not so? So fun. So we'll come and we'd love to participate and um, share all about it. And that's a great opportunity for people to come visit and see what you are creating there. How exciting. It is really exciting. And then if people want to invest, there's a form on the website for both Sovereignty Ranch and Soa Heart that we can send you the financials and the deck. And um, it's an equity investment, but the equity partners get paid back first. So it's kind of a combination of equity and debt, um, how we pay back. And um, that is available as well if people want to participate in that way. But we're trying to close that by the end of august mid-september so i'm not sure when this airs but just for people to know that i think we'll air it soon so people can know about the event that you have and so a heart you have a form but that's for someone who wants to buy it right no it's the same I, it, that's the form so a heart if if someone does want to buy so a heart they can reach out to me and i'll send them the flyer but no the form on so a heart is also for this it's goes to the sovereignty ranch deck okay cool Oh my gosh. I've personally been to Soa Heart. I went for Rumi's birthday. Oh, and excellent. I think it was a year. I had to have been last year. I don't remember. I was like, did I have my little one there? Um, but yeah, it wasn't the one he just had. It was the year before. And I had so much fun there and um, your little farm stand and all the yummy things that we got from there from juices. And I don't even remember all sorts of things that we had on the road. And I just love it so much. And, um, and I, I, I think it's just like so interesting because I I was so sad when Matthew and Teresi sold Bila Farm. I would spend so much time there, but um, you guys have created, this is like what's so cool because Ryland was saying this too. You've created something out of nothing and now someone else can enjoy and reap the benefits and the abundance that you've created, which is so, so awesome. Yes. And all of our ancestors at some point made a decision or in some cases did not make a decision, were forced, but made a journey in to for a better life for their future generations, for their kids. And my father and myself have decided that 
we feel like it's really important that we journey away from California right now. And I mean, my husband, not that long ago, made a journey um, to, yeah. for, for a better life, you know, and, uh, and he is the generation that made that journey. And he's now doing it again. And um, I just don't see I don't see how I can raise my children in California and feel comfortable and safe. I like what you were saying too. The I, I mean, I dream of having a place where I don't ever have to go to the hospital because I have people on the property that know how to do everything, you know? So I, even if there's like a broken leg, someone can do it on the land. I, I mean, and I, I love, that's what I do love about SOAR if someone buys it. Like my chiropractor lives next door. There's an osteopath that lives behind. So it's, it is really beautiful to have that. And I hope that we build that in um, Texas as well. But, and I found an awesome pediatrician for my kids in Texas. And I just feel uh, it's more, I'm more aligned with a lot of the things that are happening um, as far as that goes. And um, yeah, I'm currently homeschooling my kids and that is a whole nother, you know, thing to do on top of four restaurants and a couple of farms and breweries and four, you know, four kids, little kids. So. Do you ever sleep? Yeah, I do sleep. I think sleep's super important. With your, do you co-sleep with your four months, with your kids or just the I little ones? with all four of them. Oh we, my gosh. What kind of bed do you have? two California Kings put to make, we built a special bed that fits two California King mattresses. You need to share a photo with us. That's amazing. I've seen like the custom beds that can like take up the whole room and I'm always like dreaming about them. That's awesome. I never thought I'd be a crazy co-sleeper, but honestly I'm lazy and um, I, I people, I mean, I, I feel strongly about breastfeeding, but I can't imagine every time the baby needs to eat that I get up and fill a bottle and heat it up. And like, it seems like the craziest, like how in the world could that be easier? Like, I'm like, I know mouth. Um, but my kids, here's the thing. I've always worked a lot and I've never spent a night. I've never spent one night away from my children. And so what I, offer my children what I what is missing in other ways I offer them in other ways and so I feel really strongly that the that when they want to leave the bed they can leave the bed and I mean I'm not gonna have like pubescent boys like staying like what I mean I've already talked to my son Rio like when you're 10 I think you need to sleep in your own room if you haven't decided before that and we've tried we've done some test runs and they've gone in the other room and stuff but I, I feel like they can count on that I'm going to be there every night, even if I work late or I leave early in the morning or whatever, they know that I'm going to be there and they're going to get to sleep there. So I feel like co-sleeping creates um, secured people because, and I was looking at this Instagram thing the other day and the woman was saying like what she does before a kid goes to bed. And then she was, she's a psychologist and she was saying, because kids have anxiety about being away from you for eight to 12 hours, and then I was thinking, well, why, if we know it causes anxiety, I don't understand. I um, know. Why are we doing it? And there isn't a culture where, I mean, my husband's indigenous and he didn't sleep in the same bed as his parents, but there was eight kids 
and they all slept on the floor basically together and his parents slept in a hammock, but there was eight of them all cuddled together, right? And so I think this idea, like under, would we imagine people would put their kids in a separate teepee over there or do we, like under what circumstances would kids be sleeping by themselves in a separate room with the door closed in any kind of indigenous culture or any kind of like way where we were living with nature? It, yeah. It's, it's a it's a strange thing and so i will let, i want my kids to sleep where they want to sleep when they want to sleep there but i'm not pushing them out of the bed by any means are you going to homeschool them in texas too my one daughter really wants to go to school so we'll see um i would like to homeschool them i mean your kids are being indoctrinated all the time you might as well be the one indoctrinating them that's how I feel. Like, it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm going to go to a state that allows, you know, medical freedom. I still want them to be, I don't want them to be anything like anyone else. <laughs> Basically, that's like my whole thing. I mean, they can be who they want to be, but I really just don't want the, you know, government and the and I mean, even I, I, I'll be totally honest. Like I hire, I have a homeschool teacher that I hire for doing the reading and writing portion. Yeah. Um, three or four days a week. And um, we have different views on God and we both are very faithful. And But I noticed that my kids um, have a lot of her views coming in and that's okay. Like I actually think different views on God is important and I think it's okay. But at first I was like, like yeah. I, I remember being a little taken back. Um, and so, you know, you have whoever is with your kids is going to be indoctrinating them. That is 100%. Mm -hmm. And so you just want to be really mindful of that. And when, it's all indoctrination. And they're all, you know what I mean? Like people who say like, oh, I'm not indoctrinated by kid. They're just it's like, we all are. We all, my kids are going to talk about earth and soil and microbiology and the soil much more than somebody else. Ruby talks all the time about mother earth. Does that going to dissolve to mother earth or not dissolve to mother earth? Well, that's Riley. That's coming through him, you know? So to me, that's, we, we are all indoctrinating our children. Yeah. And I might as well be us though, doing it. Yeah. <laughs> what about screens? What's your like, um, after dinner, after dark, after vegetable, after bath. And what type of, do you um, have like certain types that of shows or whatever that you allow them to watch or you don't care? I definitely care. <laughs> uh, we, I try to keep it innocent. Uh, I feel like just want them to be able to be children. I don't want them to be stuff that has meanness in it and fighting and I, I try to avoid, but it's not always possible. And um, yeah. they don't have any video games. They've never played any video games, nothing like that. Okay, so you're planning this event in October. I'm so excited. I'm for sure going to buy tickets and come. So we will definitely share more, um, not just on this podcast, but any sort of like newsletter um, and social media we'd love to support. And I, like, when are you personally moving there? Like you said, by December. By the end of this year. By the end of this year, yeah. And then people are able to invest. Are other people like trying to move on the land with you? That's not an option. Um, well, we're looking at possibly doing uh, another thing where people could put a tiny house 
and they would own the tiny house, but it would be kind of like a condo. And we're trying to like formulate how that would work where they don't own the land, but they own the, the house on the land. And then maybe if they don't live there, we could rent it out Airbnb and split the money. And then if they did live that there, they would pay some kind of like homeowners association fee or whatever into the land. So we are actually looking at that right now and trying to figure out a model and how would that work and what would be the economics of it. That's so exciting. How fun. You're so entrepreneurial and and all the things you believe I do too. So it's um, just so fun to connect with you and hopefully I'll see you either in October, um, probably in October because I can't believe it's already August and um, excited to chat with you more. So definitely um, if you guys are listening, connect with Molly, tell people how they can go to your website and follow you. Um, I'm Chef Molly on Instagram, and then you'll see the Sage Restaurant, the Sovereignty Ranch, and all of those are in my bio. And um, yeah, I'm excited to connect with all of you. I'm excited about health and motherhood and natural birth and food and farming. So those are all the things that I'm inspired about in the world. Yeah. Thank you for being curious. Thank you for being so thoughtful and joining us. It was so wonderful to connect.